Welcome to It's Not That Deep with me, Lucy Woods, a mindfulness teacher, and me, Adrienne Kirk, a psychotherapist. Every episode, we discuss navigating the messiness of everyday life. We know it's a big subject, but we will do our best to discuss it lightly and make some sense of it all. In this episode, we're going to be discussing why we find it hard to let our guard down. And this is this is a tricky one because as we were discussing this before we before we started recording, I realised that um, that this might be something that I can talk a lot about from a very personal place, but that I haven't really dealt with yet. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, full disclosure on the vulnerability. Yeah. You know, and we sit here doing this podcast not because we think we're the experts in everything, but because we have some understanding of what it is to be human and perhaps have read more and studied more than your average Joe, but it doesn't mean we don't still experience all that really sticky stuff of being human ourselves. No. Right? And we both suffer with this one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, really do. <laughs> <laughs> and when we're talking about letting our guard down, we're talking about showing people the real us and being vulnerable enough to be just exactly who we are. And maybe sometimes we don't even know who we really are because we have these different personas for different groups yeah yeah absolutely and I think I think that's true I think different parts of us show up in different groups um in different situations different guards go up different levels of shield absolutely and and um yeah I do have a friend who who has never um had a had a situation where she's had different parts of her life in one place at a time because because she doesn't know how she could be in that situation um i can recognize that yeah me too me too there's certain groups of friends where it does feel very different and if the the two like two groups or three groups would meet there might be some kind of uh, what's the word i'm looking for kind of difficulty in them talking to each other again it could be in my imagination but it does feel a very different experience when being with different groups yes yeah absolutely i think that's that's really interesting and something i'm going to think about i think um yes yeah but to come back to the, the kind of the being vulnerable there is something about we will all have had experiences most of us will have had experiences when we were younger where we felt shame um where we where we felt we were laughed at or criticized over something that we didn't realize was uh was open to that yeah or maybe something happened to us that was kind of outside of our control you know i just was thinking about my trousers falling down on stage when i was four and everyone laughing you know and i held it together such a professional walked off and then bawled my eyes out. But the point is, it's moments like that. You've got an auditorium full of people laughing at me as a four-year-old child. Like, that's got to have done something, you know. Absolutely. To to set a a pattern on its Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. My earliest memory, my very earliest memory is um, of... My dad was working abroad and we went to see him. Um, and he was in Bahrain, actually. Uh, and my my first memory, actually, my first memory is of the plane doors opening and the hot air hitting mm. me. But the second memory is of being in a taxi going, I think, from the airport to the house where we were staying. 
and it being quite dark, I think, and me saying, oh, and I was three, oh, I can't see, I wanted to see camels and the taxi driver laughing. Now, I have no idea if he thought that, as an adult now looking back, maybe he thought that was the cutest thing he'd ever heard from a three-year-old, right? But the shame I felt from being laughed at and, and it's, it's amazing my, and my earliest sits. memory, right? I know, both of us are really kind of back in that moment. Yeah. I was picturing, and I'm not very visual, I had that sense. I can remember who comforted mm. me walking on the stage, like, yeah. we're, we're right back in there. Yeah, we really <sighs> are. I feel like I need to take a moment. <laughs> my stomach is clenching and I'm going to practice my breathing right now because I think that would be helpful for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. But I think, I think, you know... We both have memories like that. We can't be the only ones. And those things make us really vulnerable, right? They make us feel like uh, we need to... Temper. Yes, exactly. To to somehow control ourselves, to fit some rules that we're not entirely sure what they are. Nobody knows. No, exactly. And that makes them really hard. Makes it really hard to know what shape we're trying to squidge ourselves into when we don't know those rules. And I think that, and like you say, I'm sure lots of people, most people have experienced some kind of shameful thing or mocking or laughter or whatever. But coupled with those of us that have a very harsh inner critic, when the two come together then there's just that constant vigilance, okay, and anxiety, let's throw that one in there, for being on the lookout for any criticism, mocking, possible shamefulness about to arise. And it all feeds into like a sense of having to control letting our guard down. Yeah, absolutely. And, And I think that can then sort of feed into almost anything. So almost any... Uh, difference of opinion um, then can can feed that sense of that sense of shame and having let our guard down in a way that that now feels uh, shameful that that sense of hot prickly you've touched on something really important there which is you know there's a lot of um, difference in viewpoints about various social um, norms norms and particularly around um, stuff that's going on at the moment or it could be feminism or your political viewpoint or something Mm. there's a lot of divisiveness right yes and i've found and it's only come to light from what you just said that i'm reluctant to want to even voice Mm. or admit where i fall down in case it's wrong in some way or i get told i'm prejudice in some way when I didn't even realise or whatever. So it's almost like I'm choosing to sort of try not to have opinions Mm. because when I've tried to have the conversations that have, uh, that I think and ask the questions and be open to so that I really understand something in order to form a better opinion. If I've asked someone who's very opinionated about it, I will get shut down for even thinking there was a, a, a middle ground to debate. Yes. And... And that's happened a couple of times in the last few weeks. And so now I'm kind of going, oh, I want to be really open to everything. But now that's going to inform what guard I put up around people. Yeah. And maybe I just don't ever have those conversations again. And that's really sad, isn't it? And I wonder if 
I wonder if that's reasonably universal. You know that thing about we don't discuss politics or religion at the yes. dinner table, right? So this thing, this idea that 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 there that there is a right or wrong here, Gosh, rather than, yeah, rather than rather than you know these are shades of grey, you know, and as long as it's not uh, persecuting someone, yeah. then then. It, can we be okay with differences of opinion? And and I think what we're saying is we find that really hard. Yeah. And the trouble is our human brains then go and generalise the hell out of that, right? To the, to the situation where, I don't know, you, you're embarrassed to wear a, a, an orange jumper because you should only really wear black and white or muted colours or whatever, you know. Yeah. For my mother, my mother has this, it's almost like she has, um, it, it's a, it's a it's a moral imperative to to wear bright clothes and be positive um which you know so again it's a it's a it's a, a facade of protection about maybe su- suggesting that this is the kind of person i am yeah that yeah. That, 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 that that maybe she's multi more multifaceted than that and there are things that might make her sad or she might find difficult you know this this not wanting absolutely which is a not letting your guard down right 100 and i'm just i'm sorry i'm drawn to thinking about you know um your client that commented on your jumper when you did wear color and then of course that feeds into the i should wear black all the time and then i'm not open to someone commenting on what i look like because it's sometimes about that yeah absolutely and then we so we tell ourselves that nobody notices these things right that's what i used to tell myself when i stood up in a lecture theater nobody notices what i'm wearing until one one year this lovely little student came up to me and said oh you always wear such lovely dresses. We always look forward to having you because you wear because you have lovely dresses. And then then I start monitoring which dress I last wore with that group so that I wear something different. Oh, you think, oh my god, yeah. you know, get a grip. It's true. <laughs> Do you know what? I, when I've been recording video content, I sometimes think, oh my gosh, I've worn that t-shirt every single time I've recorded, and it sometimes it's three weeks apart. These people must think I only wear the same outfit. And again, we are kind of self-obsessed in this way. Yes. And often people aren't thinking about us, but it just takes one time, yeah. like that student, to make us think, everybody's judging. Everybody's, every minute of the day, scrutinising all my behaviours, what I'm wearing, what I say, what I look like. Yeah. No wonder we're a bit frazzled by Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And bless her heart, she was, she, I suspect she thought she was paying me a compliment. Oh, you she, know? And she was. <laughs> and she was, yeah. yes. But she, she didn't know that my brain was going to go, well, oh, did, no. did I wear this last week as well? What did I wear last? Do I need do I need to keep a spreadsheet? Yeah. <laughs> See, okay, let's step away from the spreadsheet, Adrienne. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was just thinking about this sensitivity yeah. to criticism. Yeah. That some of us have way more than others. Mm-hmm. And some people seem to not really care that much. Whether that's a facade or not, in some ways, the more you pretend you don't care. That will become the habit. Yes. Like I used to pretend I wasn't shy when I first went into sales. And now I would say I'm not shy. Inside I might think of myself as that 15 year old. But really the truth of it is I feel comfortable walking in and saying hi I'm Lucy and blah blah blah. So there isn't that outward shyness Mm. anymore. So I'm thinking if we practised caring less I, I had to monitor my swearing then you knew exactly what I was going to say yeah um if I practice that yeah. then that might just be the habit and maybe that's what's needed 
to really just think, oh, I just don't care anymore. Yeah, yeah, we grow that set of neurons, you know, yeah. that because, yeah. Providing we're not upsetting people, you know, or, you know, all those usual caveats. Indeed. We're not doing something harmful. Yeah. If our behaviour is just to, I don't know, laugh too loudly or be a bit more boisterous because, I, you know, and again, I'm thinking now another scar, you know, back to people that when I was very enthusiastic about stuff, like I'm being a bit today because I'm all fired up. I've tempered this a little, but it's obviously triggered something. People used to think it was aggressive. Oh. So I've had like, okay. whoa, all right, love, you know, kind of real getting distance from my whatever energy I was giving off or whatever, even when it was positive and it was enthusiastic, like a sort of rejection Mm -hmm. on that front, like, oh God, she's a bit much. And actually there's been a deliberate dampening of that Hmm. Yeah. in the last 20 years because it's rejection when people are like, calm yourself, love. Yeah, absolutely it is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and it and it's rejection of something that feels very core that yeah. that part of you. Yeah. And even and so when I hadn't been with my partner very long and one of our friends, it was his friends that I'd met and me and she, me and her, hit it off really well and we are both have a propensity to be very loud and very gobby. I remember we went to this quiz night. We'd had a few drinks. And we were being loud. And I remember seeing a kind of, oh, on my other half's face. And I thought, oh, no. Oh, gosh. He's seeing it too now. You know, and there was a moment of, I I can't, I can't be like this. Now, I don't feel like that now. But because it was in the early stages of the relationship, I thought, he's much different from me. He's much more sort of measured and on an even keel, perhaps too so sometimes, but he'd admit that himself. And I'm like, whoa, blah, blah, yeah. And so I didn't want to put him off. Yes. So there was a certain amount of that reining it in that needed to be done there. That's so interesting because my husband and I have the same balance that you and your partner do. And and it was something I worried about as well. Until quite early on in our relationship, he, apropos of nothing, he said, one of the things I really admire about you is that you're comfortable in situations and talking to people like okay that's right i can i I can be me then and that that sense of i can be me you know rather than needing to squash myself into into the my the little box that i think is acceptable yeah Um, yeah Yeah. but when i think about being me yeah that feels sticky yeah absolutely because there's you know there probably are a few me's yeah yeah yeah. And there's ones I like and sometimes ones I don't like very much, you know. And I try and let the ones I don't like as much show less. Mm-hmm. Like, it's probably ones that are provoked by anger or, or something, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So I, 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 I sort of think of those as parts of us yeah. rather than separate us's. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so something I talk to clients about is, is, you know, you're on a bus, Who's driving the bus? Which version of you is driving? Which part of you is driving the bus? And that can be quite a useful way of thinking about, you know, do I want, do I want, do I want my inner child in charge of the bus right now? You know, or, 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 or is my, is my adult rational self a, a better 
a, be- a better driver yes, in this situation. Yes, and we can be aware of it when we can make that choice. Absolutely. I kind of call it the Roger Hargreaves theory. Yes. Because I had that insight on retreat that time that suddenly Roger Hargreaves yes. was an utter genius. Yeah. And all the different Mr. people, Mr. Men, Miss, or Little Mrs., yes. you know, were actually just these facets of the whole of us. Yes. Not separate parts or separate people that show up. But maybe there is a slight difference in what we show mm-hmm. in, in those circumstances, like we were talked about with the different groups of friends. Yes. We might r- ramp up this one. And maybe not even choosing. And maybe there's some deep-seated belief where we think we better speak more properly today because I'm in this company that would judge me as being a North London cockney or whatever, you know. <laughs> Whereas these people yeah. can kind of not care as much and it doesn't matter if I say wanna instead of want to or something you know what I mean absolutely yeah yeah and I, I think I think we all do that and I think that there is something about so we're back to that messy middle again which is that which is that of course with different people different facets of us are going to be more open more available and that's okay perhaps what we're talking about here though is when is when our meta awareness is is controlling all of those things so not none of them is to the fore they're all being sort of squashed a bit yeah yeah to fit in to fit in and that's it isn't it and i just really want that sense of just allowing myself to be me yeah and not caring if you don't like it i don't care you know have you heard of a, something like the funeral test or something? Like, which sounds a bit morbid. But, you know, if, if you find that someone's been mean about you or you think they don't like you or whatever, then ask yourself, like, would they be someone that would have turned up at your funeral? Someone that would care and, you know, rush to your parents' side or, you know, support the rest of the family or whatever? Are they one of those people that would ever have kind of turned up for you if something happened to you and if they're not like then it doesn't matter doesn't matter yeah and we spend so long caring about what the people that we don't even care about Mm. think of us yeah and there seems to be something really important in that and you know not even the people that we don't care about but people we don't even know yes you know that sense of i'm i don't i've been judged in the supermarket for having the wrong brand of tomato in my in what my trolley story or you told earlier yeah yeah that, yeah absolutely that you know that so so it was really really rainy yesterday and i passed a woman in the street and her umbrella blew inside out as that happened and and her response her she looked at me and she went oh god i'm so embarrassed it's, it's you know it's like why would you be embarrassed it doesn't say anything about you at all it's the weather and an umbrella you know you judged her because she yeah. didn't buy it expensive enough umbrella i mean it wouldn't even occur to no, you no 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 and we all feel embarrassed in those moments we do and that made me think you know those moments where you run for the bus and don't get on it on right? the train doors closed yes exactly and that hot sense of shame that all of those people have seen that effort that fail mm. you know that epic fail that i didn't get on the underground where does that come from? Yeah. It's so exhausting. And it's also massively... There is a part of it, I think, that, that, that is really self-absorbed, you know? Why on earth do I think that anybody in that carriage is going to have more than a passing interest 
in whether or not I got on the train. And additionally, if we're all so obsessed with thinking about ourselves and what other people, they're not thinking about us because they're introspective and reflecting on their own shame. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? Overwhelmingly needs to be injected into all of this stuff when we're feeling like this is some self-compassion oh hugely right yeah and to understand that if i feel like this and you feel like this then i'm sure a lot of the people listening experience similar stuff too yes um we know from our clients that they also experience this stuff um and that kindness to self can be practiced yeah we're not very kind to ourselves right now um, that we do need to start to say it's okay. Yes. It's okay to be me. Yeah. And to stop trying to fix and change who we are to fit other people and just be more accepting of exactly who we are. That, exactly that, right? That that we are enough for ourselves and that will be enough for other people because very often it's a story we're telling that that they want us to be different or we need to fit in with them in some way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and and if we don't, that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. We are enough. Yeah. We are all right. But it's not until we become our own ally yeah. instead of our own bully that that can ever really happen. No, I... We yeah. need to take some of our own advice today, <laughs> don't we? We really do. <laughs> okay, so I'm off to do that then. <laughs> Thanks, Lucy. You've been listening to It's Not That Deep with Adrienne Kirk and Lucy Woods. If you've enjoyed listening, then why not subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode 